Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Kevin Hogan. Let's take a look at our top stories. Graves and destruction in the Ukrainian city of Mariupol as fighting rages on. Moscow facing a fresh wave of condemnation. What are both sides saying? Two Eastern European countries are considering buying Russian energy in rubles. This while the U.S. Secretary of State says the ruble's recovery is not sustainable. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban wins a fourth election and Serbia's incumbent president wins another term. Both men want to maintain normal ties with Russia. Moscow is facing growing outrage today after evidence appears to show deliberate killing of civilians in Ukraine. Moscow denies the allegations. NTD's Jessica Beatty reports. Residents in Ukraine's southeastern city of Mariupol Sunday buried their neighbors for the second day in a row. The port city has been subject to intense fighting for weeks. There are lots of casualties. In this yard alone, there are probably seven dead. And I know there are others. Lots of civilians were killed. And there are still lots of bodies in apartments. Tens of thousands of civilians have been trapped for weeks with scant food, water and other supplies. More than four million people have left Ukraine since the fighting started in February. Moscow says it's a special operation to demilitarize its neighbor and oust what it calls dangerous nationalists. Western countries call it an unprovoked war of aggression. Russia says it's now focusing on the southeastern region of Donbas, where it's backed separatists since 2014. Mariupol has been its primary target in the region. Last week, Moscow said it would scale back military activity around Kyiv and Chernihiv. But Russian troops allegedly left behind explosives in the cities. Ukraine released this video Monday, which it says shows a small sniffer dog in Chernihiv helping detect explosive devices. It also released this video, which it says shows rescuers in Kyiv searching for mines and unexploded devices. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Sunday that more Russia sanctions are not enough. There will definitely be a new sanctions package against Russia, but I'm sure that's not enough. We need more conclusions, not only about Russia, but also about the political behavior that actually allowed this evil to come to our land. Zelensky said hundreds of people have been killed, including civilians. Russia denies growing charges of war crimes. Over the weekend, Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Ukraine has been a, quote, hostile country against Moscow for years. But he said peace talks should continue. Jessica Beatty, NTD News. Ukraine is accusing Russian forces of carrying out a massacre in the town of Bucha. And Western nations react to images of dead bodies there with calls for new sanctions against Moscow. Warning, the following video contains material that some viewers may find disturbing due to its graphic nature. Ukraine's defense minister on Sunday accused Russian forces of an array of atrocities. Alexei Reznikov said the crimes came to light after Ukrainian forces moved into cities and towns after the invaders withdrew. This is not a special operation. These are not police actions. These are ordinary racists, fascists and inhumane who simply committed crimes against civilians raped, killed, shot them in the back of the head. These images, taken by Reuters witnesses in Bucha, show what appear to be victims in a mass grave and bodies lying in the streets. 
Bucha lies 23 miles northwest of the capital, Kiev, an area Ukrainian troops said they recaptured on Saturday. Bucha's mayor, Anatoly Fedoruk, said on Sunday that 300 residents had been killed during a month-long occupation by the Russian army. Reuters could not immediately verify this. Russia's defense ministry denied the Ukrainian allegations, saying footage and photographs showing dead bodies in Bucha were, quote, yet another provocation by Kiev. It said Russian military units had left Bucha on March 30th and that civilians had been free to move around the town or evacuate while it was under Russian control. Reznikov vowed to document the alleged atrocities and said Ukraine would weigh bringing charges in the International Criminal Court. The images of corpses in civilian clothes left behind by departing Russian troops has prompted calls from officials in Ukraine and Europe for tougher sanctions on Moscow. On April 1st, a Pentagon official spoke about funding work in Ukrainian laboratories. Leading up to this, Russia accused Ukraine of having laboratories with biological weapons. The Pentagon funds Ukrainian labs through its Defense Threat Reduction Agency. That's a support agency that works to counter weapons of mass destruction. The U.S. and Ukraine say the labs seek to prevent bioweapons and pathogens. I can say to you unequivocally, there are no offensive biologic weapons in the Ukraine laboratories that the United States has been involved with. Since 2005, the United States has invested approximately $200 million in Ukraine. That's according to a Pentagon fact sheet released in March. It says the money has supported 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. Russia has accused the U.S.-funded laboratories of developing biological weapons. Such allegations were being aired on Russian state-run media even before the Moscow-led invasion of Ukraine. Russia's allegations regarding the biological laboratories appear to have been repeated by the Chinese regime. Analysts believe the narrative being pushed by the Kremlin is part of its plan to create a false flag operation and attempt to justify using chemical weapons on Ukraine. Slovakia has to buy gas from Russia. That's what the country's top economy official said. And now the country is willing to comply with Russia's demand and buy Russian gas in rubles. The official said the gas supplies from Russia must not be stopped. This is why I say, although this might sound too pragmatic for some, if there is a condition to pay for Russian gas in rubles, then let's pay in rubles. The statement comes a few days after Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered gas to be purchased in rubles for companies registered in, quote, unfriendly countries. Slovakia imports most of its natural gas from Russia, and it gets two-thirds of its oil from Russia. It's also on the list of 48 countries the Kremlin considers unfriendly. Slovakia used to be part of the Soviet Union. The country's ministers said in their interest, it's in their interest to get gas from different sources, but he said that would have taken several years to achieve. Now we look at the Baltics. Latvia has used Russian gas, has refused Russian gas, but now it's allowing the purchase of Russian energy in rubles. A Latvian energy company is considering doing it, according to the Moscow Times. The company has studied the new payment rules and says that doing so does not violate Western sanctions. Here's what the company said, according to the outlet. The decision not to pump gas was made, given the historically high price of natural gas in April, which would have resulted in an excessively high price for our customers. The company signed an agreement with Gazprom to supply Latvia with Russian energy until 2023. And now Germany is considering nationalizing Gazprom. It's also planning to do this for one other Russian energy giant. That's according to a German business newspaper. 
The two energy companies have a large footprint in Germany, which is Europe's largest economy, and Germany is considering taking away Gazprom's assets. That's by forcing it to sell its facilities that store gas across Germany. Politico reported this. And according to Business Insider, if Germany follows through on this, the companies would be under the control of German authorities, and that would in turn loosen Russian influence on German energy security, and it would aim to ensure the energy supply is continuous. And going back to the ruble, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is not optimistic about the currency's recovery. He says it's not sustainable and sees it declining. That's because he says the rebound is fueled by, quote, a lot of manipulation by Russian authorities. Blinken stated this on NBC's Meet the Press on Sunday. More than a little manipulation, it's a lot of manipulation. People are being prevented from unloading rubles. That's artificially propping up the value. That's not sustainable. According to Bloomberg, Russia has implemented capital controls to help offset the effects of the sanctions. This has helped prop up the currency to nearly the same exchange rate as it had before the invasion. A celebrity chef in Lviv, Ukraine, is serving up free meals for anyone who orders from menu number two at his bistro. The majority of those people, he says, are refugees heading out of the country. Uh, when war started, I, I, I didn't like, uh, I didn't even think, like, I understood that I should help. I understood that I, I, I'm not good, uh, I'm not very good with the guns, I'm not very good like, uh, like army men, because it's not like uh, what I'm doing uh, good. But I know that I'm a very nice warrior with a knife. His restaurant is called Others, and it serves up traditional Ukrainian dishes from across the country. <laughs> Amazing paying customers order off of a separate menu. I just came to the guy, I, I, I asked him, can you rent me a, play, a, a bistro? He rent me without the money in the bistro because he understood that I will give the people, I will give the food for the refugees and also I will give the food for the, for the people who want to have the food. And uh, he said, okay, just take it for the free. The impact of Klopotenko's gesture is easy to see. We are in Lviv now. They feed us for free. Thank you, everyone, for actively taking part in saving our lives. We came to Klobotenko's restaurant and he fed us for free. Klobotenko says the majority of those eating free meals have fled their homes and are headed out of the country. But his restaurant is not about giving people one last taste of home. Because uh, it's not about the last. Because we don't think that it's lost. Everyone who is now not in Ukraine, they will be back. Much of the funding for the restaurant comes from Klepotenko's own pocket and donations. Hungary's Prime Minister Viktor Orban claimed a fourth consecutive win in Sunday's election as voters dismissed concerns over Budapest's close ties with Moscow. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban declared victory in Sunday's parliamentary election where his ruling Fidesz party was on track for its fourth successive landslide since the nationalist leader came to power in 2010. Voters endorsed his vision of a conservative, illiberal state and shrugged off concerns over Budapest's close ties with Moscow. Russia's invasion of Ukraine had appeared to upend Orban's campaign in recent weeks, forcing him into awkward maneuvering to explain decades-old business relations with Russia. But he mounted a successful campaign to persuade voters that the six-party opposition alliance of Peter Marchese promising to mend ties with the European Union could drag the country into war. 
Marquise admitted defeat later on Sunday. Orban's comfortable victory could embolden the 58-year-old who critics say has sought to cement one-party rule by overhauling the Constitution, taking control of a majority of media outlets, and staffing key government posts with loyalists. Still, he wins favor with many older, poorer voters who espouse his traditional Christian values. Orban has also emerged as a vocal supporter of anti-immigration policies and is an opponent of tough energy sanctions against Russia. Serbia's incumbent president, Aleksandr Vucic, is set to win the country's presidential vote with almost 60% of the vote. He is emphasizing friendly relations with Russia. He acknowledged that the conflict in Ukraine impacted the campaign. He said Serbia has no plans to deviate from its balancing game between a bid for EU membership and close ties with Russia and China. He also said Serbia would keep its policy of military neutrality and preserve friendly relations with Russia. Serbia is almost entirely dependent on Russian gas, while its army maintains ties with Russia's military. The Kremlin also supports Belgrade's opposition to the independence of Kosovo. That's by blocking its membership to the United Nations. As for the election, a retired army general who represents the pro-European and centrist Alliance for Victory coalition is set to come in second. He has around 17% of the votes. Serbia's opposition and rights watchdogs accuse the president and his allies of controlling the media, attacking political opponents, and having ties with organized crime, though the Serbian leader and his allies have repeatedly denied the allegations. Coming up, a deadly shooting in Sacramento, California. Six people were killed and a dozen injured. Police are searching for the shooters. The Senate Judiciary Committee will vote today on whether to advance the confirmation proceedings of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson. More on that in just a minute here on NTD News. Six people are dead after a mass shooting in Sacramento, California, the second in the city this year. Police are seeking the public's help in finding the shooters. A deadly mass shooting occurred in California's capital city of Sacramento. Six people were killed and 12 others injured. Police said gunfire broke out around 2 a.m. Sunday, just several blocks from the city's capitol building. Around 2 a.m. this morning, Officers heard gunshots near 10th Street and K Street and saw people running. They were on scene almost immediately, and there they encountered a large crowd and multiple gunshot victims. Witnesses captured the first moments after the shooting as rescuers rushed to carry the wounded to an ambulance. Gerald Smith said he was driving through the area when he heard the shots. I heard gunshots. And then after the gunshots, I heard people people just start diving down on the ground and falling down. And the next thing I know, I, someone fell in front of my truck. I was trying to get out the way. Pamela Harris's 38-year-old son was among the dead. She and other family members hope the police can provide more information. It's not fair. It's not right. I just want to know something. That's all. I just want them to just tell me something. Tell our family something so we can do what we have to do to try to move on a little bit. Mayor Darrell Steinberg is calling for action on gun control. He says thoughts and prayers are not enough. The fact that we accept the idea that people can have ready access to assault weapons 
to weapons of destruction and can indiscriminately use them however and wherever they want. That is not just uh, an exception. It happens far too often. The mass shooting is the second in Sacramento this year. It was the third this year in the United States that at least six people were killed. Sacramento police have confirmed multiple shooters, and the suspects are still at large. Authorities are asking for the public's help in finding the killers. Proceedings open today to determine the sentencing of the Florida gunman who pleaded guilty to murdering 17 people at his former high school in 2018. Jurors will hear testimony from scores of witnesses to help them decide whether to sentence Nicholas Cruz to life in prison or death. Cruz was a 19-year-old expelled student when he returned to Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida on February 14, 2018. He opened fire on students and staff in what is Florida's deadliest school shooting. He pleaded guilty in October 2021 to 17 counts of murder and 17 counts of attempted murder. Under Florida law, a jury must be unanimous in its decision to recommend execution. If any jurors object, Cruz will be sentenced to life in prison without parole. The defense will ask the jury to consider Cruz's brain damage from his mother's drug and alcohol abuse during pregnancy, his long history of mental health disorders, and allegations he was sexually abused and bullied. Democrats are working to get Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson confirmed as a Supreme Court justice. The Senate Judiciary Committee will decide if the vote will advance to the Senate floor. Jackson would replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. She would be the first former public defender to take the role. Republican Senator Sue Collins has expressed support for Jackson. Collins said she doesn't agree with Jackson on many things, but still supports her qualifications for the job. President Biden thanked Collins for the move. On the other hand, Republican Senator Lindsey Graham has said he will not support Jackson. Moderate Democrat Kirsten Sinema has not stated how she will vote. Other Democrats are all expected to support Jackson. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell has said he cannot and will not support Jackson's confirmation. He cites her sentencing record and the support given to her from certain liberal groups. President Joe Biden commissioned the USS Delaware in a public ceremony that was delayed two years by the pandemic. Biden says the nuclear attack submarine will enhance national security, though he made no reference to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. As your Commander-in-Chief, I believe it is our sacred obligation as a nation to prepare and equip those troops that we send into harm's way and to care for them and their families when they return home. The ship is 377 feet long, can dive to depths greater than 800 feet, and operate at speeds in excess of 25 knots submerged. The submarine is also designed to operate for more than three decades without needing to refuel. With a crew of 136 sailors, the Delaware is the 18th Virginia-class fast attack submarine. This is the first time in a century the name Delaware has been used for a Navy vessel and marks the seventh naval ship named after the state. Saturday's commission comes amid the war in Ukraine and after Biden announced a budget blueprint that proposes spending $795 billion on defense, which would mean an increase for the Pentagon. The union that represents Amazon workers has demanded the company start bargaining in early May and cease any changes to employment terms at their warehouse in the meantime. The first union of Amazon warehouse workers in history isn't wasting time. 
Just a day after forming, it sent a letter to the e-commerce giant demanding it begin contract negotiations next month. In the meantime, it said Amazon must, quote, cease and desist any changes to work policies at their New York City warehouse. That's according to a press release posted on Twitter late Saturday night saying, quote, workers denounce any attempt by Amazon to delay our hard-won right to bargain collectively. The union also asserted that Amazon must respect each worker's legal right to union representation during disciplinary meetings. Amazon did not immediately comment. Despite supply chain issues, Tesla hit a new sales record by delivering 310,000 vehicles in the first quarter. A statement released Saturday says the electric vehicle maker showed a 68% increase in manufacturing compared to the same time last year. The global computer chip shortage created issues for nearly all automakers, but Tesla seems to be handling the shortage better than its competitors. Last year, the company delivered a record 936,000 vehicles. That's an 87% increase over its 2020 numbers. With a new factory expected to come online in Germany soon, Tesla expects to deliver about 1.4 million vehicles this year. Two kinds of Disney-themed hand sanitizer have been recalled due to ingredient concerns. The FDA says the company Best Brands Consumer Products recalled the sanitizers. As you can see, they feature Mickey Mouse and Baby Yoda from The Mandalorian on the front of the 2.11 fluid ounce bottles. Testing discovered benzene in The Mandalorian-branded product and methanol in the Mickey Mouse version. Benzene is a carcinogen, and methanol exposure can cause serious health problems. Best Brands says it has not received any complaints about the sanitizers, and the affected lots were already taken off the market for other reasons. However, if you have the sanitizer, the company says stop using it and throw it away. Southwest Airlines is letting customers rebook flights this weekend after a planned system outage. The airline announced flight disruptions and delays Saturday nationwide after it paused service. Southwest says the problem was caused by an intermittent technology issue. Because of this, those impacted by the distribution and those who had flights booked with the airline Sunday can rebook without any additional charges. They have 14 days to choose a new flight, but they can only travel to and from their original chosen cities. Passengers can also travel on standby. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put our email on screen. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, Kevin Hogan, NTD News, New York City.